<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. Hi. Hi over there. Long distance today. (laughs) And for the next, I think, about three or four episodes. I know. It's okay. It'll be fine. Yeah, so like, you'll get to try two wines. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. Um, yes. The reason I feel like we should just give a reason as to why we're doing this long distance. The wonderful Omicron has come upon us. And so we are now long distance um, doing the next couple episodes, but it'll be fine. We'll get together when we can safely get together again. Um, You're feeling better, but yes. still to be safe. Yes, yes. to be safe. Um, so yeah, tell me about your wine today, Max. Okay, so I'm super excited. So I have Baby Blue. Um, I have this wine um, when I have friends over. It's honestly, it's $25 to $30, depending on where you get it. Sometimes you can get it at Costco, which is nice. Um, And this is one of my favorites because, of course, it's a red. Um, It's Taste of Rich Blueberry and Strawberry. So it's a little bit sweet, but um, full-bodied. So. Oh, well, perfect. So I'm on the sweet side as well today. Um, Just a little spoiler. We filmed this, but we've had hella technical difficulties today. Um, Oh, man. Just to let you all know, it's taken us 45 minutes to get set up long distance wise. (laughs) It's fine. So I already unscrewed this because we thought we were good to go, but we were not. Um, It's a wonderful screw top. (laughs) <laughs> it has paw prints on it. It's really cute because we're going to be talking about someone from the Tiger King today. So wanted to be on theme over here. And um, it has a red cat on the label. I don't know if you can see him. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of like in a little jacuzzi. Like a cartoon. Uh, yeah. So I read the back and I don't know what Catawaba is, but or cat- it's spelled C-A-T-A-W-B-A. Catawba? I don't know. Oh, gosh. We'll skip yeah. it. But apparently this is an award-winning wine. It's got red hybrid grapes in it, which gives it this sultry red color, as it said on the bag. Like, okay. Um, but it asks on the back, like, why is a red cat in a hot tub, you ask? Well, that's a legend too juicy to share here. <laughs> so I go to their website because underneath that, it then has their website because I'm like, okay, well, they'll tell me why the cat isn't. No. There's never, there's nothing. They'll never too juicy. (laughs) Yeah. But Max did point out, he looks like he's in like a wine barrel. So that's kind of, that's kind of cute. It's Um, cute. Yeah. Let me give him a try. I'm sure it's going to be, it's a sweet red. I don't normally like sweet reds. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Thanks for trying to cat wine. Yeah. Cheers. Long distance. Oh, we got to do it together. (laughs) Okay. Let's try it again. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) I don't taste blueberry or strawberry. No, maybe strawberry. Actually. Yes. We got to do the the three sips, right? Okay. Maybe that's why I'm just warming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it now. This is like juice. It literally tastes like straight up juice with, you can taste the alcohol 
in it. Oh, like, it's like Kool-Aid. And you yeah, mix. <laughs> quite literally, quite literally. So if you want to impress your friends with your Kool-Aid cat wine, <laughs> all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> Break out the cat wine. Speaking of which, we're very on theme today. Max has a beautiful leopard print shirt and I have my my family and I um because I'm a child um a couple of Christmases ago when when Tiger King came out we love to get matching shirts and so this is a part of our three matching shirts between my brother my mother and I and mine says it's a Carol Baskin shirt it says um, stand up I want to see this I'm like I can't up up close (laughs) okay this is for you guys. Oh, I love it. It says <laughs> hey, kind of flower crown. Nuts and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> With her flower crown on it. It's actually from Big Cat Rescue. So oh, um, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And they she was just on Hollywood Raw, which is like one of our sister like podcasts on here. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Really cool. Definitely check out their episode. Um, but yeah. Hi. You watched Tiger King, right? Yes, I did. I, I watched the whole first episode, binged it just like the rest of the world. <laughs> I have not finished the second season. I have to admit. That's fine. Yep. I We're just not can't talking about that. So don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Whew. Yeah. All right. Um, you probably though, um, you didn't even know that there was another, um, series that was brought out about it. Did you? No, they haven't <laughs> talked about it at all. And it really pisses me off and we're going to get into why it, pisses me off oh god <laughs> i was sitting with my mom over christmas and we binged the series i would say it, well, i'll get into it's it rivals tiger king and the fact that it, at the end of the episode you're like holy shit i have to like Ooh, i know it? yes so before we get into that what pissed me off about tiger king was everyone was so focused on joe versus carol right yeah yeah so and I mean, I get it. We were all in quarantine at that point in time. And the rivalry was very entertaining. You know, that bitch, Carol Baskin. <laughs> the joke that Carol killed her husband was like all the internet could talk about. What's fun is here. We have a we have a visitor. Oh, ma'am. She's like, I, I heard the red wine. <laughs> <laughs> she said, there's wine and we're talking about cats. <laughs> like, Let me make an entrance. <laughs> She's very loud. Um, are you going to behave yourself, ma'am? This is Cynthia that just joined me. This is my uh, 13-year-old kitty. Um, yeah, just join me. She has a big uh, red lipstick stain on her forehead right now because I gave her a big kiss before <laughs> we started filming. And I was like, oh, I feel bad. I'm like, I hope that's okay for you. <laughs> She's just wearing it. <laughs> She's driving. Anyways, after our guest appearance here. Um, but yeah, you remember like the whole joke that Carol like killed her husband yeah. and all of that. Well, you know, in the latest, I don't know if you got this far in the latest season of the Tiger King, um, her husband's been accused of human trafficking now. Have you yeah. Seen yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't make it that far. I'm like, okay, why are we attacking Carol? I know. And I'm like, obviously, like, murder is never the answer. But I'm like, well, this is like alleged murder, right? And it's like, why do we care what happened? I want to read a couple of tweets from when the show dropped people reacting to the fact that Don Lewis was possibly a human um, trafficker. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, someone wrote, weird how they just casually dropped that Don Lewis was a pedophile and then continue on about getting him justice. Like they didn't just (laughs) say that Don Lewis was a pedophile. Hashtag Tiger King (laughs) 2. Yeah. 
Jeff um, Luongo says Tiger King 2 casually mentions that Don Lewis was a pedophile and was probably killed by a family of a Costa Rican child. Also, Tiger King 2 a few seconds later. Justice for John for Don Lewis. Carol is the bad guy and probably killed Don. Hashtag Tiger King season two. There, and there's so many unsavory characters in the entire crew that it's like, why are we focused on Carol? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, this is alleged. Well, this is the thing, too. She's actually trying to improve things for big cats. So it's like, and hers is the only like place where she's actually saving like these big cats. And I'm like, why are Ugh. we like anyways i this one is one of my favorites though this guy wrote tiger king 2 is just who killed don lewis and i honestly can't bring myself to care about what happened to a shitty white male who was also probably involved in an underage sex trafficking ring uh, well this sums it up i it guess i don't need up. no wonder i couldn't get into season two i couldn't get into season two either it wasn't i it, it, well it didn't hold the same appeal and it was just like right. the trials of joe and to be honest don't even get me started on why we should not be supporting joe exactly joe right yeah yep but i remember sitting through the entire docu series when it was first released in 2020 and i was disgusted by one main side character doc antle if you remember doc antle is the one that rode into our quarantine <laughs> lives on an elephant with an air of arrogance to match his long white hair that's usually tied behind his back in a ponytail mm-hmm he also felt the need to introduce himself by sitting in front of us and spelling out his name, which he said was Dr. Bhagavan Antle. <laughs> it's like it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. His real name, by the way, which isn't is, his name. Yeah. yeah. His real name is Kevin Antle. Kevin. Okay. We're going to be talking <laughs> a lot about just Kevin because I don't, no one can figure out if he's actually a fucking doctor or not, by the by. Well, he, since he like gets names appointed to him and picks them, like it's, a stretch <laughs> that honestly, he's a doctor crazy like honestly so he claims that he's a doctor of mystical sciences who okay. received his doctorate of medicine in asia and this is according to his website his physical website for his murder beach zoo oh internet cross-check that one seriously <laughs> it's so crazy so now he claimed in an interview with the rolling stones that his mother gave him his hindu name bhagavan when he was born as she nurtured his interest in eastern religion and culture which i'm like number one you were an infant so i'm not sure how she knew you were going to have like this interest in eastern religion and culture and number two i i don't think this is actually necessarily true because i don't think a lot of what doc antle says is true um no, and I thought he okay. So I did watch a little bit of season two, and mm -hmm. everyone can like, like, fact check this. I don't know. I thought he was at like a compound or commune where he was like studying yoga and stuff, and that's when he got his other name. Yeah. So, so like, your mother gave that. it to you before mm -hmm. she knew you were going to join a commune. Yeah, Yogaville. It doesn't make <laughs> okay. sense. Yeah. All right. Um, and you may also be wondering of like why the frig was he featured in the Rolling Stones? And I'm like, yeah. Me too. Like this was even before Tiger King. This was 2015. He, I don't know why Hollywood's been dealing with him at all. And they've been dealing with him for years. He's been featured in like over 500 things. He says on his, like, I know in TV, television, series, movies, everything else, all of his animals and himself, even in Britney Spears VMA performance. Really? In, yes. 2001 when she came out with the snake on her. Oh, because of the animals. The well, he's in the cage. He's on stage with her. She, he's in the cage that she comes down in with one of his tigers. That's so strange. I know. It's like, so weird. You can physically see him. 
yeah. because of the animals, I guess. But that's really strange. It's really strange. So I have a feeling, and this is just my opinion, that Kevin is just one of those people who makes up stuff all the time. Like I just, yeah. and and sometimes I wonder if people like that, like honestly believe the shit they're spewing. Like, do you, have you ever had someone in your life like that? You're just, oh like, yeah. Well, it's like psychological. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is what's up? Like you just tell yourself these lies and then you believe them. Right. And right enough. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, do you not understand that? Like we have Google so we can like literally find out if like what you're talking about is true or not. Like it's absolutely crazy. But yeah, at times Kevin is a very interesting li- or very convincing liar. For instance, I was watching his interview with um, Dr. Oz. This was shortly after Tiger King was released initially in 2020. He began very passionately talking about how he wanted to save the tigers and talking about how 90% of what he does actually goes back into adult tigers. What he didn't mention was it's his adult tigers. Oh. So he founded the Rare Species Fund in in 1983, which let me quote you from his website what that is. It's a grassroots organization that provides financial support and practical training to wildlife conservation initiatives in situ. While the fund does not limit its geographical footprint, its support has primarily focused on project, projects in South America, Africa, and Thailand. The direct-to-end-user approach employed by the RSF places it among the world's most effective conservation advocates and ensures the greatest value for every dollar spent. RSF also works closely with state, federal, and international bodies to develop and support sound wildlife policies and to secure sustained funding for long-term research, education, and conservation initiatives. RSF optimize the RSF projects optimize the prospects for preserving endangered species, for releasing captive animals into suitable, protected habitats, and for expanding awareness for the ties between humans and the natural world to date. The RSF has contributed more than 1 million USD to wildlife initiatives throughout the globe. What he doesn't mention is situ means locally or on site. So all of this money that he claims is being funneled into places like South Africa, mm-hmm. Thailand, it's being funneled right back into his pocket. Yeah. While he has funded some minor projects in those areas, the second episode of the Doc Antle story just paints a horrible, and this is the spinoff series I was mm, talking about. It's okay. called Doc Antle story. I do highly recommend everyone watch it. It was my What's it on? It's on Netflix. It's, it is? Um, yeah. It's literally like a spinoff. And they haven't, uh, I'll get into my theory as to why they have not promoted the show. <laughs> I was like, it's not on my like highlights. It ha- no. So I haven't come across it, which is crazy because I watch everything to crime on there. I've like binged so mm-hmm. much since <laughs> since we've been sick. I'm like, oh, I know. I know Netflix, everything. I haven't come across it. I know okay. it's bo- it's boggling to me. The reason I found out about it was one of my friends who she's on my TikTok. She was like, "You have got to watch this" because she's like, "There is so much content to be made from this crap." And I just started <gasps> watching it with my mom, and I was like, "Oh my freaking god!" Um, but yes, so um, back to his wonderful fund that he started in 1983. Um, it, these projects overseas seem very bleak and like they're just photo ops like with these animals. So we're, Mm -hmm. we're funding more animal abuse basically. Um, But I found an article by the Myrtle beach. um, It was Myrtle beach online. They had an article that stated that the rare species fund has brought more than $1.5 million between 
2014 and 2018. But most of that money appears to have been spent caring for what it calls its quote unquote animal ambassadors, which are based at the Myrtle Beach facility. More than $1 million has been spent on animals food care, habitat repair, construction, compared to about 500000 on grants to organization. And that includes about 200000 in grants to domestic organization and 200000 in foreign groups. Yeah, that's... So it's, it's sketchy. It's not... Yeah, it's not going where he, like, pretends to say it's, like, the majority of it's going. Yeah. And Kevin also lists his own private zoo, Myrtle Beach Safari, under the North American Conservation Projects. He also calls his zoo a wildlife preserve. If you know anything about wildlife preserve, wildlife preserves are actually supposed to be almost synonymous with national or state parks. So it's actually supposed to protect local areas. It's not supposed to be like for tigers, you know, in America or anything like that. It's literally Mm -hmm. supposed to protect your natural local wildlife, the fauna fauna and flora of that area, not uh, these exotic animals and their exotic like where they should be. Right. Right. But Doc claims no matter what, that his private zoo is saving tigers because they're breeding them and and creating more, which if you look at that at a face value, you can be like, okay, but here's the thing. He's not helping big cats in any way because tigers are so endangered. There's only 3,000 of them left in the wild, meaning that interbreeding them could literally extinct them. Like if you are interbreeding cats that are related, you're ruining the line, right? Kevin Antle Zoo's zoo is not AZA accredited. That means the Association of Zoos and Aquarium. And one of their main missions is helping breed in animals that are endangered. They, um, oh, how do you call it? They link up with this other program called the, C- the Species Survival Plan. They work with them and it dictates basically what zoo is going to breed what animal and mm-hmm. when they're going to breed the animal because they're trying to keep the genetic lines, obviously. Yeah you know, in place. Um, So he does not have the genetic information to be breeding these cats successfully, um, which is horrible. Not to mention, yeah, yeah. like it's just, it's crazy. And not to mention that Kevin also breeds ligers, which is the lion and tiger hybrid, which (laughs) if you don't know is cruel for, it's not a thing. Yes. Yeah. Not a natural species. (laughs) No, these two animals would never meet in the wild. Ligers have a very, like, their their mortality rate is shit. Like, they're not going to live that long. Um, puts the tiger at great, great danger to deliver an animal that will eventually be bigger than them and is usually born much bigger than a tiger cub would be born. Mm. And they are brought into this world with a heck of a lot of health problems from cleft lips to, you know, problems that can like literally hurt the animal like like in the long run so it's just it just shouldn't happen and advocates have been speaking about that for years now but he's yeah i can't believe that's allowed like i can't believe that's not been canceled like you can't do that (laughs) can't do that huh i know so this is my mouthful sorry this was kind of like a rant on (laughs) but (laughs) he's currently under investigation and charged with one count of felony one felony count of wildlife trafficking trafficking one felony count of conspiracy to commit wildlife trafficking four misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to violate the endangered species act and nine misdemeanor counts of animal cruelty yet he's still able to run his privatized zoo yeah and he and he's like saving the animals Uh uh-huh sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It makes you start to think that Carol Baskin isn't as crazy as she seems when she's sitting there screaming for the Big Cat Safety Act to be passed. This would be a bill that would ban the private possession of wild cats protecting big cats. Now, it said online when I was reading about it that these other these people that are that have these cats already would basically be grandfathered into the system, which I have hopes that it would mean that they would put them in a better like instead of just having these cats in people's backyards, it put it would help provide them with a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but this bill would also make cub petting illegal, which is such a great idea because currently Kevin is suspected by many to kill his cubs after they age out at oh. about 12 weeks. Yeah. So suspected, this is just alleged, but because he um, does a lot of the cub petting and photos with cubs and he has all these cubs and they just seem to disappear they don't seem to be coming mm-hmm. of age at all um he you know is um highly speculated for this and this happens with a lot of these kind of like it, places that i would say exploit animals like we all should be very careful when it comes to traveling zoos anything with animal shows petting taking photos of with the expectation that you are to pay for these things because a lot of times these animals are being exploited um usually the animals are abused usually they are drugged we saw a lot of that in tiger king um these animals being drugged so they could be passed around to all of these kids and everything to take mm-hmm. photos with and a lot of times they are disposed of when they age out that's horrifying it is it is it's disgusting yeah um, so yeah, let's get into though. This isn't even what I wanted to talk okay. about. <laughs> There's like so much when it comes to the Tiger King stuff. You're just like it's bananas. It's so crazy. It really is. Oh my god. So yeah, and that's something I think because I was raised with Steve Irwin, right? Mm-hmm. My mom and my my dad was a veterinarian. My mom hammered into my brother and I just know where animals come from before you yeah. pay to see them because you literally could be funding horrible things that you wouldn't even think of. Oh yeah. No, it was totally a thing. I think um, when we first, when Tiger King first came out, they were saying like where all of those animals had been. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I probably petted one. Like when I was a kid, cause that was a thing. Like mm-hmm. when they visit the mall or come to your town or whatever, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just something you personally, I, I I would never want to, you know, pay for. Um, but yeah, so the rumor after Tiger King came out was that Kevin Antle was running this cult of beautiful, extremely young and sometimes underage women out of his privatized zoo. That was what you were kind of like talking about Ew. earlier. Yeah. Disgusting. Well. And the spinoff docuseries on Netflix really drove this home. Now, of course, disclaimer here, documentaries are supposed to evoke feelings in you. Any good form of art does. I feel like a lot of times we, the public, will watch a documentary or a docuseries and we walk away from it thinking that, well, this is fact. Like, you know. Right. No, it's produced. Yeah. Yeah. They have a they have a narrative that they want to spin. Um, so this documentary featured a lot of accusations thrown at Doc by a lot of people from his past that he didn't really get to combat in the documentary until after its release. So just to put that out there, as always, do your own research. He has denied any and all wrongdoing do- that the documentary has accused him of. Um But that being said, let's dive in. So we won't talk about the full series, but just some of the little highlights that I thought were very disturbing 
So the story starts in, as you said, Yogaville. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was in Virginia. Now, remember, his stuff now is in Myrtle Beach. Um, so that kind of plays in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but Yogaville is still active today. And it describes itself as a unique community, a spiritual center, and a yoga academy. Interesting. It was founded by Swami, and I'm going to get Sasha sort of put his name in because I'm going to call him Swami for this. I can't pronounce his name, mm -hmm. and I don't want to butcher anyone's name. So this is where the Doc Antle story series would accuse that um, Kevin's predatory behavior had begun was here at Yogaville. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. Kevin's yeah. in his early 20s at this point and is constantly, according to the docuseries, preying on underage girls and teens at this establishment. Yep. He's already begun his zoo, which would feature a very similar mentality that Yogaville professed at the time. So according to an article I read on Bustle, the Swami expected his followers to wear certain clothes, only eat certain foods. He preached obedience, selfless service, and living in poverty. Similarly, Antel expects all his employees to view the zoo not just as a workplace, but a lifestyle. According to a 2015 Rolling Stone profile on Antel, the female employees are all expected to be single, childless, and within 20 pounds of their quote-unquote perfect athletic weight. They must also abstain from drinking, smoking, and eating meat. In return, they live on-site full-time and are given a small stipend. Hmm. Hmm. Mm, yeah. And that whole Yogaville thing with that Swami went from like good intentions to like, dare I say, fine, knock me out cult because uh, like, and, and same with this like doc zoo, like having that much restriction on someone is not like a job. <laughs> it's like, it's feeding a lifestyle. Cult. Yeah. Yes. A life feeds. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything disrespectful to anyone's beliefs because I'm sure right. I don't know what they teach now. I don't know what's come of it, um, but we'll get into um, stuff that had to do with the Swami in the nineties and it wasn't exactly great. Right. So yeah, it just sucks when people take something as beautiful as religion or a way of life and twist it for their power hungry Use, I mean, we see it. In right. Or meditation or yoga or any of that. Yeah. Anything. It got really twisted. Yep. Yeah. So Barbara Fisher claimed back when Tiger King debuted that to make it to the top of the zoo as an employee, you were expected to sleep with Kevin. This is something Kevin has vehemently denied and has said that she was a disgruntled ex-employee. However, Kevin was a very quick favorite of the Swami and he was even put in a position of power at Yogaville. Mm -hmm. His Animals were also featured at the opening of Yogaville, which brings me to my favorite lie of Kevin Antles. When Tiger King aired in 2020, he claimed in countless interviews that he was not married. He had only been married once in his life, and his wife had died in a car accident 20 plus years ago. This was over several interviews. He said this. That's insane. And, yeah. Well, sadly, part of it's true. Kevin did lose one of his wives in a car crash on Myrtle Beach. But yeah. back in his Yogaville era, Kevin was married to Betsy Antle. Mm -hmm. And during that marriage, he would meet 14-year-old Sumati Steinberg. She says they were 15 the first time they slept together. Yeah, it's like more than met. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they had the spiritual wedding ceremony before, according to her. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what that sounds like to me is that guy that kidnapped Elizabeth Smart and took her to the woods in Utah, if you remember that, yep. and had that wedding ceremony with her as a teenager before raping her with his wife. Like, And you have to remember it's all wrapped in like, it's not that the Swami gave him his blessing. It's just that he was like... um like the golden child to the Swami. So if, if he's like in a place of power saying like, I choose you like to be my spiritual like wife and yeah, it's really, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, this whole time I'm, I'm like kind of thinking, I'm like, where are the parents and everything? But when you think about it, I mean, I grew up um, Baptist, you know, our church leaders were in a position where of trust. Um, my mother wouldn't think anything of me, you know, going over to a church leader's house, a youth group, you know, sure. Yeah. So Kevin told Sumati that they were in a polygamist marriage um, with his first wife, Brahmi, who was Betsy. That's what they mm-hmm. her, like, her assumed name. Yep. So Brahmi, who claimed in the docuseries to always be the last to know. So she said she did not know that he was over here um, swooning all these like 15, 14 year old girls, uh, grooming them and everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, then she didn't approve of it being a polygamist like no. relationship or marriage. No, she thought she's she like, not to me. To yeah. <laughs> like she thought this is like a monogamous, yeah, marriage, mm-hmm. not polygamist or anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not like Sumati's allegations are empty at all. She had a son no. with Kevin named Tilikum. Mm-hmm. She says that when he found out that she was pregnant, um, that he said that it wasn't his. And then he said that she needed to go get an abortion. Now horrifying horrifying yeah to your wife i mean like in their situation well, this, yeah. yeah well yeah like the his 15 year old because this is yeah. Tumati, yeah so oh, okay sorry yeah, yeah yeah so no 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 the underage girl that he had been gotcha grooming and sexually assaulting um and she thinks she's in love with him um she gets pregnant and he finds out and he's like that's not my child and then he's mm. like oh, you need to get an abortion so during the show and i'm not sure when he said this but he did say it because this is like a voiceover that comes during the show it's a direct quote from kevin antle and he says this tillicum's mom was a crazy little teenager that you know i just happened to be having a little hanging out with a little too long and she got pregnant i drug her ass to down to the downtown marriott in washington dc and didn't follow through on the birth control the way we were supposed to do and lo and behold baby jeez the fact that he said, like, he's in his 20s and the fact that he yeah. said he's a crazy little teenager. Like, how has there not been anything, like, brought up against him in court yet over mm-hmm. all this noise? Right? Statute? <sighs> I don't know. Right? And maybe a statute of limitations. Virginia, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I thought you were saying Betsy. No. Did they have any kids? Did they have kids? I don't believe they did. And this poor woman, she's in the docuseries and she... <sighs> She's she like hung up Ill. on the situation and on him. Yeah. yeah it's very yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you see any of this or anything? Okay. I just, I watched more than I thought I did. I'm <laughs> like, my God. <laughs> no, I think I watched more about doc. I think it's like a few episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Sumati told the Swami about her pregnancy Um, So this 15-year-old tells the Swami, you know, about her pregnancy. And he said, that's great. You're going to be a mother. You can stay in Yogaville if Bhagavan will marry you. If he continues with the women like he is now, he's going to have to leave. I love that he said women as if they weren't girls and children. 
Right, right. Yeah, this is a teenager he's actually talking to. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then in Yogaville, they called a family meeting. This is according to the show right now that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um. So this um was in Yogaville. Bl- and then they said in the show that they were blaming the girls for their wanton behavior. Yeah, they were like wanting them to be like chast, uh, ch- like whatever. Yeah, yeah. chaste and yeah. Yeah. And it was like not Kevin's fault that this had happened at all. It was like these teenage girls problem. Mm -hmm. They were told to sign a pledge saying that they will not date. Basically a call for the girls to cover up, behave themselves. And if they didn't comply, then they should leave the community. Come to find out in 1990, allegations would be made against the Swami for sexual assault. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Birds of a feather. Yeah. Understand why he chose Bhagavan, Kevin Antle, as his his apprentice. Mm -hmm. Um, By the time Samadhi was pregnant, Kevin had allegedly taken up with his second 14-year-old, or I guess not second, but another Mm 14-year-old. So... What I have to say about the next girl is basically straight from the show. I couldn't find any other sources beside what they talked about on the show. Um, I tried to look at other sources for this. I just kind of want to put that disclaimer on now. As I said, Mm -hmm. documentaries have, you know, their own view on things, right? Um, So big disclaimer here. These are her allegations against Kevin. um, But they are the most damning, I find. And they do have proof behind them. So... The show did present court documents, and Kevin Antle has confirmed in an interview that they were married, but we will get into that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They also made tel- television appearances together, and I don't know how it was ever acceptable for a child bride to be on national daytime television. Oh, my God. Yeah, in front of everyone. It wasn't hidden then at all. Not at all. Her name now is Rada Hirsch. She was 11 when she first met Kevin. Oh, my God. When, how old was she when they were on TV? Um, she know? was um, 15, I believe, when she married him. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. But she would have it would have been her teen years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's they, insane. They talk, yeah. At one point I saw there was like a clip of a show and I can't remember what show it was, but they were talking about his young wife. And I'm like, like, it's honestly like to me. So we were talking about how Netflix hadn't promoted the show at mm-hmm. all. We, as a culture in North America, in my humble opinion, tend to shy away from child sex abuse. And I don't know why that is. It's like we don't want to talk about the dirty little secret we have in our culture. I don't get it. We see it happening in Hollywood. It's at least finally being called out now. It's almost like that's what the industry was based off of. And it's like, I don't know why we're still kind of shying away from it. Because in my conspiracy theorist mind, I'm like, that's the only reason I can see that they weren't promoting this show. Like, I just don't understand why it wasn't like front and center. Like, everywhere. Are they shaming Doc in this documentary? Are they like making it like not an opinion? Yeah. And it's like, to be fair, like it's not in the same vein as Tiger King. Because Tiger King did talk an awful lot about the animals and the abuse that the animals went through. This is more of a true crime vein of like, these kids are being sexually assaulted by this man. Like, mm, okay. you know, and I mean, that's their narrative that they're claiming. I don't want to claim anything about Doc. I obviously sure. have my own opinions. Um, But yeah, I do understand this is a real man we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, um, I just want to be fair in that. But yeah. Well, I think sometimes Netflix algorithm um takes into account like, those topics that are yeah like i mean need all these trigger warnings need like they're like very 
touchy. I know obviously mm-hmm. there's plenty of other explicit stuff that you can still find on Netflix, but that's sometimes why movies and shows and things that have that in there don't appear because yeah. they don't want like a child to click on it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it knows enough about you and about your profiles, but I know that that's why sometimes they've removed content or had to say, mm-hmm. come out and say this content is available, but we ha- are keeping it out of your for you, whatever. That makes sense. That makes sense. I wonder though, I would love like, I don't know, we don't get that many comments, but maybe we will for this one. I would love like a discussion about like, why is that something that's, um, and this is probably going to be, I've seen things get suppressed on YouTube when mm-hmm. it comes to talking about child sex abuse. And I would love a discussion about like, why do we think in North America, like we don't really want to like talk about it as much. Like I find when we talk about things, things get better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is shied away about like an awful lot. Um, but we'll get more in, into that later. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, so um, Rada, back to Rada, who'd met him when she was 11. Um, she met him at a dinner. She said she was enamored with him. I mean, honestly, this guy has like all of these animals. Um, he was well, in a yeah. position at Yogaville. He's very charismatic. You know, he was younger. So he was a good looking man when he was younger. I will, mm-hmm. you know, give him that. And, you know, so she was just enamored with him. She told her mom immediately, I'm going to marry that man. She starts spending weekends at his place, which again, I, that's where I was like, oh my God, like what? And then I'm like, but if he's a youth path, like in my mind, he's like a respected member of their community. Yeah. I can see Mm -hmm. it not being that strange. Like if I, if I told my mom I was going to go spend, you know, a weekend at a youth pastor's house or something and he's got animals and like almost like a whole zoo, you know, in his backyard might not Mm -hmm. think anything of it, but anyways. Um, and you'd also be crazy to think that he'd be interested in an 11 or 12 year old girl. Yeah. And I was going to say different times. It's also more trusting, (laughs) more trusting. Yeah. Like eighties. So, yeah. Um, so she, and, um, she was Kevin and Brahmi's babysitter as well. So that also puts in perspective, you would think almost like live in au pair, you know what I mean? Like that would be like where I would, my head would go. Um, but Brahmi caught Kevin making out with her one day. Ew. She was 14 years old, Rada said, when things turned sexual between her and Kevin. Um, The first time, she said, was in the back of a truck. And when she asked him why they had had sex in the back of a truck, he said he couldn't wait to get his claws into her. Ew. That's like such a predator statement. Yeah. So... Brahmi said that when she caught them making out, she was shocked, disgusted. She couldn't believe she was married to someone who would find this young girl, you know, attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she contacted Rada's mom. Rada's mom moves her across the country, sends her to a private Catholic school just across the street from her house. So, mm. yeah. Seems safer. Yes. But one morning, Rada left for school and never came home again. No. Isn't that crazy? So allegedly he fucking kidnapped her. <gasps> no way. Yes way. So she even says he rolled up to her school. They've been planning this because she thinks she's in love with him because, oh, she's oh. like 14 years old, 15 years old. So he's, she says he pulls up. He's in a disguise and everything. Gets her into the front of the car. They drive off. For, uh, where across the country right she she moved across yeah, the country he went like to go get her i feel like she was like over california way because he's out east right um that was yeah. kind of the sense i got i don't think they ever said exactly where she mm. was um but yeah and he takes her with him and then here's the really awful manipulative part about this rada's mom knew 
she was with Kevin. She's not Ugh. fucking stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she calls asking and begging to speak with her daughter. I know mm-hmm. you have my daughter. And he allegedly says to her, I don't know what you're talking about. She hated you. She hated living with you so much that I think she ran away. And I suggest you look at the local shelters because I think that's where she is. Yeah. What a piece. Thanks. That is like uh, at, from we've talked openly on uh, my abusive relationship. I when I heard that I like had PTSD moments. The way that man had spoken to my mom when we were like together, and mm. I let it happen because I was stupid and thought I was in love and like whatever else. But like I was just like, <sighs> yeah, it's controlling. It's manipulative. It's it's yeah, horrible. it's kidnapping. <laughs> it's kidnapping. Yeah, so. yeah. So Rada claims that she was kept at an. Um, Econo Lodge for a month after this alleged abduction. She said she was super bored, right? About three weeks in, Rada starts to feel like she should call her mom just to let her know that she's okay, right? Mm -hmm. She calls her collect. And during this call, the operator interrupted the call. I'm not sure like why, if they were just saying like, you just have a few minutes, honestly, kismet because her mom was smart enough to think quick enough and say, operator, my daughter has run away. Can you tell me where this call is coming from? Oh, so smart did she did it work yeah from washington dc so she knew that kevin had her because she was back over on the east coast yeah oh my gosh yes so rada tells kevin and now he knows shit he's got to act now right so allegedly according to rada they cut her hair dyed her hair curled it from her usual like straight gave her a new identity she wanted to go by Chantel riviera she said she knew a girl that was named that and she thought it was like the most beautiful name in the world oh yes she's now living on the zoo in virginia and she is she's assumed this name you know and um yeah, everyone on the zoo is told to call her Chantel, though, because the police are sniffing around because, oh, Rada's mom has called the cops, right? A um, month or so later, Rada calls her mom and says, I don't want you to worry. We're married. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Her poor mother. Yeah. So allegedly in this documentary, they said that her father's signature had been forged on the consent um, to wed, you know, the marriage license. Mm -hmm. So according to an article on Fox 2 Now, this is a recent article um, because I wanted to look at Kevin's side of the story. Kevin has responded to this allegation. It said, Antle was asked if he conspired to forge the signature of a a 15-year-old father in order to legally marry her. He denied the claim and says he doesn't recognize the signature on the alleged forged document that was presented on the show. Antel said nothing was forged and he's not sure the paperwork seen on the show is authentic. He did admit to marrying the 15-year-old girl while on honeymoon in Myrtle Beach before he moved to the area, but said they had permission from the girl's parents. As if that makes it better. You're like nearing 30 and you're marrying a 15. Like what mm-hmm. the fuck? The article also says he also said the girl was almost 16 years old at the time. He referred to this marriage as a mistake and said they got divorced after after six months. Yeah, he's trying to like shake culpability of it. Personally, I think this is why he's been claiming for years he was only married once because he didn't because it wasn't legal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if it was it's either forged or like he abducted her or I mean, like all those. 
Yeah. yeah. Like nothing, yeah. nothing is you don't right want to heat on it. Yep. No. And nothing is right about marrying a 15, 16 year old where like this. No, like I, like, I don't yeah. care what you have to say. Like now, you know, and even in the eighties, we knew that was wrong. Like, don't get me yeah. started with this. So at that point in time, Rada's mom felt like she had two options. She said the first thing she wanted to do was of course, get the police and go there and freak the fuck out. Right. But then she said that one of her friends gave her the best advice that she's ever gotten in her life. And I wish in my situation that I had been in, this advice had been given to my family because this is so smart. Like coming from an abusive relationship, this advice is amazing. A friend said, you can do that and she will hate you and it will bring them closer together. Or you can do your best to be on her side, support her, go to Virginia, make peace with her because the day will come and it will come when she wants to leave him. And you want her to be able to pick up the phone and say, mom, I'm coming home. So, yeah, yeah, that's what she decided to do, like, and that was what Rada said. She said all of her family suddenly was like, we don't like it, but it's the way it is. And we're here for you. So, yeah, that yeah. day would come when Rada was 17 years old. Like, does she leave him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Rada's very strong-willed, independent, something that she said Kevin saw in her, but then it backfired in, on him because like, <laughs> it went from him being able to control her because she was like, oh, like, I can't leave my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Groomed yeah. child, right? To I don't want you controlling me because she wanted to get things like a driver's license, you know, mm, yeah. normal things. And he wouldn't allow her to do things like that. And at one point she said she took her fake ID to go get a driver's license. And when she came home with her license, he was pissed. And she oh, realized yeah. it was like more about control than it was about anything else, like not safety mm-hmm. or anything else. Cause that yeah. was what he'd been spinning to her. And um, she also was offered like these modeling jobs and everything. Cause she's out in the public yeah. eye because he's in the public eye and he would refuse them for her. And that pissed her off. Yeah. And- one point during their marriage he confided to her that he'd been sexually attracted to her since he met her at 11 years old Ew. oh that's disgusting she said that from that point on the entire thing made her uncomfortable it changed the dynamic of their relationship and her marriage with him was basically done in her eyes freaked her out and she no longer wanted anything to do with him um, and she stopped going to shows with him, which she mm-hmm. said at the time he was already on to Dawn, who would be unfortunately his wife that would pass away, pass away. Okay. Um, the woman he claimed to be his only wife, but um, he was off on a job with Dawn when she fled, called her mom and said she was leaving with a friend. And she literally drove across country um, from Virginia to California to get home to her mom. What a nightmare. Awful nightmare. Oh, yeah. So... And she said at the end, and this like broke my heart. She said, I feel like Kevin was like better to me than he was to a lot of the other women in his life. And I was just like, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. So there was a ton of more allegations made against Doc Bavagon, Kevin Antle on this docuseries. I gotta watch Um, this. I know, including a suspected murder, which I felt was super far fetched. I (laughs) felt like. It was just like trying to get into the same vein as the Carol Baskin thing, right? And I'm mm. like, it's it's not like I don't personally think he had anything to do with murder. Yes, I think he's a personally, I think he's a sexual predator. Mm-hmm. And I think he needs charges placed against him, but of course, like I'm not the one to do that. But yeah, um, yeah, but whoa, yeah, crazy. so that's so insane that that's his life path. Like literally, it's that wild, like. Yogaville animals kidnapping like 
Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't had charges before. Me neither. He's been um, in the public eye. I know. Not just like not just like Tiger King that he like surfaced. He's no. He's had five hundred plus like interviews and like yeah. Yeah, he did tell Metroco.uk an official statement. Like this was his response to the series, and I just kind of wanted to put it in. Um, Netflix is at it again with their tabloid-style mm-hmm. fiction-based docu-fantasy Tiger King, a Doc Antle story. It is yet another one of Eric Good's silly, twisted, and distorted stories of half-truths and many lies from my life 25 to 30 years ago. The story is loosely strung together by Netflix producers who are always so factual, dot, 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 not they conjure up a story about a small mist that they present as a cat five hurricane they brought in a variety of colorful second and third tier characters from my long lost past all of whom attempt to make the make attempt to tell a tale that never happened he continued, we here at Myrtle Beach Safari operate the Ritz-Carlton of Wildlife Preserves, one of the finest in the world, and we have fantastic staff, most of whom are family and have lived here for 20, 25 plus years. <laughs> what a strange, strange, strange spin on things. He's such a, he's so, like, you've seen him. He's so, yeah, he's OC. Yeah, very self like full of himself like Mm self-assured yeah Mm -hmm. that's why when you said like he tells himself these lies like i think he does believe them yeah i think he's just one of those people he like honestly yeah he's written his story in his head and that's Mm -hmm. he's the hero in his head hero what really pissed me off as a woman who has been in abusive relationship was reading review articles that were claiming things like it's quote-unquote time to say goodbye to tiger queen king Um, This quote was from Mitchell Chapman from In Review. It said, it also must be said that Antle is not a suitable stand-in for Exotic, who had many redeeming qualities and was generally an entertaining subject matter. Matter. (laughs) Antle has none of his charm and his allegations and the past are far more serious. I'm sorry, Mitchell, that Doc Antle's animal abuse and child molestation allegations didn't amuse you. It's not entertaining enough for you. (laughs) Yeah, of Joe Exotic. Like, I'm sorry that didn't, like, get your kicks going for you as the animal abuse that Joe did. But I'm glad Netflix made this series. Like, if this man, I was infuriated throughout the entirety of the first season of Tiger King. I was like, I see a whole other story here. Like, this entire. There's a whole other side story. Yeah. Yeah. Of a man that's probably still committing criminal acts. Like. Yeah, that's insane. It's so crazy to me. And I don't think it's time to take the spotlight off of Tiger King for these minors who have been assaulted. And also it shouldn't like, it's not about entertainment at this point. It's honestly about justice, but on a much Mm -hmm. lighter note, if there is a lighter note, the spotlight shouldn't be taken away from Tiger King until there is more protection in the United States for big cats. There are more tigers in America's backyard as pets than in the wild. That is fucked. I know that's so sad. It's so sad. And Like, the thought of, like, the animal abuse that can happen in the backyards of America, but not only that, it can lead to extremely scary and serious and dangerous situations, not only for the zoos, but for the public. Oh, yeah. 
I don't, do you remember, remember Ohio? This, I'm just about to get into that. What yeah. I was going to ask you if you remember Zanesville, Ohio, that man yeah. had all of these animals in his backyard in 2011. Terry Thompson was an adrenaline junkie, if you guys don't know, and he had come home very different, a lot of people said, from the Vietnam War than he had left home. And most of these animals, these exotic, dangerous animals, could be bought at auction in Ohio, yeah. still to this day. Yeah. It's very dangerous. And so he was free to collect as many of these exotic pets as he wanted. And locally, he was known as someone that was going to meet a bad end. The sheriff had been by his house multiple times and knew Mm -hmm. this was a horrible situation. And shortly after Terry's wife left him, he did the unthinkable. All of his animals were released. It was horrible. They were suddenly out to the public, these tigers, lions, like bears, Mm -hmm. a horrible situation. And the police didn't know why. They drove up to his property to try to figure out why the fuck almost 50 animals were released on the public, having to unfortunately kill these animals that they got on the property because they were and they're lions and tigers and yeah, we're in freaking Ohio. And they get up and they find that he's committed suicide. And that's he, how he committed suicide, kind yes. of, is why he, when his wife left him, it was so upsetting for him. And he was like, he, I think it was like he wanted to get back at her because mm-hmm. that he knew that that would be the end for him and for the animals. He just wanted to like dis- self-destruct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He even like uh, before shooting himself had stripped down and even baited his body for the animals mm-hmm. to eat him after he killed himself. Like, but that went on like through the day and through the night. Like, those animals were on the loose. Like, it was very terrifying for those because I forget, like, those animals can travel and Mm -hmm. I don't remember how far away they strayed. Like, it wasn't just contained to his property, they had been released. Well, that was the scary thing they said because of the police in Ohio and they they just got like a lot of flack from the public that were seeing this unfold on national television because they had to kill these animals, but the there's piles of dead animals. There was yeah, Mm -hmm. it was horrible. But it's because they could travel so far. They didn't want a tiger traveling miles and ending up they're released on the public, like hurting the public and everything else, right? And the they had contacted the local zoo, but the local zoo was an hour away and the person that was coming with Trank guns, it would take them an hour to get out to them. They did end up being able to save some animals, but in the end, 48 animals like had to be Ugh. put down. Like it's just, it's so crazy. And, and awful for the animals, obviously. Also, I've seen interviews from the um, responding officers that were like, this is horrifying. Like they had to um, like kill an animal that like is treasured, you know, yeah. and like an. <laughs> going extinct or you know on the endangered species list like they're killing lions and tigers they know it's wrong and they also know that's the only thing they can do to defend themselves their officers and the public well yeah that was so they tried to save several they said lionesses was where they they started because that was where he had he had killed himself terry that Mm. was where they found his body and so um they saw these cats and the doors were open to their cages but the lionesses weren't out yet so they went up to each cage and where one of the you know they kind of tag teamed it so the officers would have their guns on these lions while they shut the door so that's what they were trying to do this and they were like oh we've saved a few like they they and then one of the officers saw that he had taken bulk cutters and cut the cages Mm. open Mm. and one of the lionesses was climbing out the cage at that particular moment and they had to shoot these poor animals because they were going to be killed if they didn't and it was just horrifying Mm -hmm. and um 
yeah, I can't even remember where we were at that point, but <laughs> it was like, oh, that you were talking about the endangered species. So 18 yeah. tigers, I believe, were killed that night. It was 1% of the tiger population in India that was murdered that night because this man who had this privatized, like he was just able to purchase these animals just at auction, uh, was able mm-hmm. to pull them all out. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's so crazy. 1% of India, India's tiger population gone. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, until Tiger King came out, there was no way for the public to know the personal lives or the crimes yeah. that were happening, like behind the scenes of these people. But it is, I feel, on us to make sure we're not giving money to people like this or supporting people that are featured or like the people on Tiger King. Um, you can make sure sure that before you visit a zoo, especially a privatized zoo, especially mm-hmm. a privatized zoo in the United States or anywhere where am- animals are on display, especially for a price that you know where the animals come from and that you're being responsible and not supporting something that is horrible and can lead to like so many horrible things. Yeah. Um, so in the description, I definitely want to leave um, a link to the World Wildlife Fund if you want to help tigers in actual India yes actually goes to wild tigers um and not just someone's back pocket um and if you I'm also going to leave resources to um the national domestic um violence um hotline and the page because we've talked about so much on the show the most dangerous point in anyone's life in an Mm -hmm. abusive relationship is when you go to leave it does have a plan to leave how to do that safely and just to try to make sure I hope in talking about this today we've reached someone in a similar situation we all either know someone or have been impacted by domestic abuse in our lifetime. I've been very open, you know, about this because I was in this situation when I was, oh God, between 18 and 19 years old. And it was awful. And I just don't want people to feel like there is no way out because there is a way out. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like what Kevin Antle is doing, because I'm not going to give him the respect of calling him this fake doctorate that he's mm-hmm. gotten. But personally, to me, I feel like what he's doing needs to be talked about. We need to be more open about stuff like this. And hopefully it helps someone in a similar situation. And hopefully he stops doing this and has the repercussions happen to him that I think he needs to have. But yeah. Yeah. Well, (gasps) who knew? knew? Well, I mean, like, yeah, like shine the light on it. That's great. Because who knew? It's crazy. The kidnapping was where my jaw dropped. I was like, he kidnapped a 15-year-old and we're... He's not in jail. He's running his privatized zoo as if nothing happened. And he's admitted to marrying this 15-year-old. Yeah, that's insane that he's that cavalier about admitting to it. I couldn't believe what he said about Samadhi. Like the Tillicum's mom was a crazy oh, little teenager. I was like, sir, you were an adult. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't like a relationship, that it was like this, like, one-time baby accidentally got too close to her. Like, no. No. No, that's not how that happens, sir. To your wife, you're describing it as a polygamist relationship. (laughs) Like, I think, yeah. No, yeah. So definitely, I mean, watch Tiger King, a Doc Antle story. It's crazy. Know that that is a narrative. So make sure to Google. I wish I could have found more on Rada. Um, It's not that I don't trust people. It's just that, like, it's good to get all different sides. Multiple angles. Yep. Sources. Especially Mm -hmm. when we have serious allegations like that. um, Absolutely. How was your wine? All right. Well, my wine was good. I've been drinking it. So how was yours? I saw you had another 
glass. I did another glass. <laughs> it tastes like juice. It, I don't really equate this to wine. Um, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. I wouldn't buy it again. <laughs> but I drink it at a function. Good for the awesome. cat podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Perfect. Awesome. Well, well cheers. Cheers. Next, next time. time. Bye. Huda Media Production.